Before we get going with this week's show, word from a few of our friends. Let's start with Breeders' Cup. Early July brings two more Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win-in-your-in races, this time with the Stephen Foster from Churchill Downs and the Princess Rooney from Gulfstream Park. Tune in Saturday, July 2nd, with live coverage starting at 4 o'clock Eastern on NBC. Each winner will receive entry fees paid by the Breeders' Cup, $10,000 award to nominator, $10,000 travel allowance for horses stabled outside of Kentucky. The Princess Rooney, it's an automatic entry into the $1 million Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint to be held on November 5th at Keeneland Racecourse. And the Stephen Foster, automatic entry into the $6 million Longines Breeders' Cup Classic again on November 5th at Keeneland. I will be down at Churchill Downs on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to the racing, the Breeders' Cup Challenge, winning your in series, 4 o'clock Eastern, NBC on Saturday. Woodbine, as we continue to progress on the road to the Woodbine Oaks and the Queen's Plate, be sure to check out the Grade 3 $150,000 Celine Stakes and the Grade 3 $150,000 Marine Stakes. The one mile and one sixteenth events take place on Saturday, July 2nd, and are part of four graded stakes on the day. For more information, please go to www woodbine.com race lens new customers sign up for an unlimited race lens monthly subscription and get the first month for only one dollar it's a pretty good deal uh, promo code in the money that is for new customers for former or current customers special offer for in the money listeners come back and try or extend the existing plan that you've got race lens and enjoy 40 percent off any unlimited race lens subscription again that is race lens for new customers you can use that promo code in the money and last but not least our friends at betmakers Fixed Odds Betting powered by Betmakers is back and in effect at Monmouth Park. And early returns are fantastic with 70% of the winners paying more on fixed odds than they are on the tote. Something to take note of if you're down there on the Jersey Shore. Soon, fixed odds wagering will be available throughout the state of New Jersey. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value in your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You will continue to hear more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money media network, especially as we get closer and closer to the Haskell at the end of the month. Now, on to this week's show, episode 120. What's happening? Welcome into the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In The Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Monday, June the 27th, 2022, the final Monday of the month of June for the year. This is episode 120. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Uh, after a week hiatus, we're back. We're ready to roll. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also watch along over on YouTube. Search bar, Matt Burney, your show. You will get this episode along with the 119 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe. If you're over on YouTube, make sure the bell icon is lit up. That way you get notified anytime new content is uploaded to the In The Money Media channel, whether it's this show, whether it's any of the players' podcasts, whether it's Horse Players Happy Hour, which will be back again this Thursday. Thank you to those of you that came along and and watched in the afternoon this past Thursday when I was flying solo. Also, more importantly, thanks to those of you that played along in the contest. And if you're new or you've thought about it and you haven't done so, come along. We're going to be playing again on Thursday. PTF will be back. I'll be at a hotel room somewhere in Louisville, assuming there's no travel delays. As I head down to Kentucky to get ready for racing action this weekend, we talked about it at the top with the Breeders' Cup ad. That's what this show is going to be about, just because it's been a little bit of a a quieter... Well, I guess before we get into that, 
changing some things up a little bit. So if the camera looks a little bit different, don't freak out, but this is probably gonna be the way we go about it. I used the, this camera, this is actually my phone camera. I used this when I was out on the back porch a few weeks ago when the baby was sleeping. And now, back in my little office, um, it's just, I talked to producer Craig and, and as, as much as this is nice right here, this guy, this is my uh, camera that I've used for, I don't know, a few years now and it's still very good and I'll probably still use it. But um, as he said, he goes, the the new tech, man, the, the the camera phones are better than some of the stuff that you, you pay thousands of dollars for. Probably part of the reason you pay thousands of dollars for your phone. Um, neither here nor there. This is what I'm going to be using from now on. So angles may change, uh, a couple different things here and there. But for all intents and purposes, this is what I'll be using going forward, including Thursday for happy hour. So uh, that's that. Got that out of the way. This weekend, though, again, I'll be down at Churchill Downs, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, NBC. We'll be going over a couple of win-and-you're-in races for the Breeders' Cup, uh, including the Stephen Foster. And I know we don't have an official field yet, but I'm going off of Marty McGee's uh, advance. This was published earlier today. It sounds like uh, there could be a field of seven that will be going a mile and an eighth beneath the Twin Spires. There are other graded stakes races on the card, the Fleur de Lis. Uh, we've got a couple of turf races. We're interested to see how all those go on. Uh, and as was alluded to in the uh, Breeders' Cup ad, we'll also have the Princess Rooney from Gulfstream Park. But this is the race I want to focus on, the Stephen Foster, because I talked about it a little bit on Happy Hour this past week, that this division, it seems like it's up for grabs. Who wants to assert themselves and say, I'm here, it's my time now? Well, if this is indeed the field, and it says at least seven older horses, uh, we could be looking at Olympiad for Bill Mott, Mandaloon for Brad Cox, also for Brad Cox, Cotto River, and then American Revolution, Last Samurai, Proxy, and Title Ready. It's a very good field. And if you'll recall a few weeks back, I said the blame at Churchill Downs could be a very important race going forward. I don't know where Dynamic 1 is, but he won that race. I'm not sure where Scalding is. He ran well in that race. I assume they've gone back to New York. We could see them in the Suburban. We could see them in some a few other places. And I don't want to totally give short shrift to the big race happening in New York. The return of life is good in the Nehrud. Uh, he's going to be taking on Speaker's Corner, coming off of that uh, less than stellar performance in the Met Mile. But I view this as a a vote of confidence, they're going to wheel him back and take on a monster like life is good. So that's an important race, and these other stakes that I mentioned are important races, but this is what this show today is going to focus on. The Stephen Foster, I'm going to throw up past performances for these horses as of this point, and we'll make up uh, a few different little markings here and there and open the sort of floor to questions, comments, and, and concerns and thoughts about each one of these runners I'm going to give you some early opinions, knowing that there's still some information to come out that I use from a handicapping standpoint, but let's get the view from 30,000 feet on what this field of older males looks like ahead of Saturday's Stephen Foster at Churchill Downs. Like I said, this isn't uh, going to be a final field necessarily, but these are the horses that were listed in Marty McGee's story over on the Daily Racing Forum, DRF.com, about the horses that were likely anyway to run Saturday and Stephen Foster. Uh, what I've done is gone through and just highlighted, made some little 
notations on things that I typically look for in horses when I handicap a race. I've also, for most of the field, with the exception of a couple, included a most recent trip note at the top of the past performance. Now, they're already loaded into Formulator, but because these aren't actual past performances for Saturday's race, these are individual horse PPs, the trip notes don't populate. So we're just going to make do with what we've got. Those of you listening, it won't make much of a difference. I'll read them out, but uh, those of you watching along over on YouTube, um, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about as far as a trip note is concerned. So Olympiad's the first one, and he's going to be a main player in this race. There's no two ways around it. You take a look and see what he's done with his buyer speed figures recently, 103, 103, 102, 101, in each of his last four starts. They all happen to be two-turn races, including a race at Churchill Downs on Kentucky Oaks Day. And I, I think he's a really talented racehorse. I think the thing that I'm most interested to see with him, and granted, I don't think the pace is going to be very swift in here. He may actually be the one that wants to go out there and cut out the fractions. But I think the, the more important thing for me, take a look at his best races, okay? 103, he is up there pressing the pace. 103, he is sitting just off of it. 102, by your speed figure, he's sitting just off of it. 101, he's pressing the pace. Uh, his victories, go back to this run here, the N1X, he goes out, sets the fractions. You go to this one where he broke his maiden, he sits just off of it. The, the difference for this horse, it feels like, when he's able to procure that position, he runs well. And when he can't, as I've done with these purple circles, he doesn't win. Now, I'm sure some folks are going to look at the 105 buyer speed figure and say, but you can tell he can clearly run. I, I understand that. And he's by no means a bum if he doesn't get out to the front. But it's just a fact that if he has to come from a little bit farther off of it to this point to date, doesn't mean that it can't happen down the road. But to this point right now, he hasn't shown that he can pass make up four or five lengths. Uh, also, the 105 buyer speed figure from that Saratoga race last fall, I think it's five to 10 points too high. We've gone over that many, many times. Uh, so I'm looking at that more as a 95 to a 100 as opposed to a 105. He's a main player in this race, arguably the most likely winner with the form that he's in, goes out for a great trainer. Um, I have no real knocks against Olympiad. Be very curious to see how he runs against uh, what I would say is probably the best company he has faced to date. Last Samurai. Interesting horse. I have read that he may be in a new trainer's barn. Don't quote me on that. Uh, horse Racing Nation has it listed that this horse is moving from Dallas Stewart's barn to Dean Wayne Lucas's barn. Again, I have no idea if that's true or not. Um, I'm going to just go with what they say, but I'm not, it's certainly not reporting here on my end. Uh, but this horse, you can see, <laughs> I've basically just gone ahead and put an X through the first part of his career because he's not the same horse as he is now. I mean, you take a look and see what he's done over the past few months going back to fall of last year. He's really blossomed. And I circled the races of the longest distances, mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter, mile and a half. I think those are the best races he's run. And I I don't know. I mean, the the Oakland handicap, he looked like he was beat with a half mile to go down on the inside. As you can see, I've, I've made a couple little notes here. Uh, far turn, basically my little shorthand, it's a version of what Andy Beyer 
wrote in one of his brilliant books about, you know, I, I go G for gate, FS for front stretch, FI turn for first turn, BS for back stretch, FA turn for far turn, SR for stretch run, GO for gallop out, and then I make a little final kind of quick comment at the end of it. But you can see I have from the far turn, he pressed the pace and he was all out down on the inside. Uh, 1P would be one path. And no, I'm not, you know, going through splitting hairs on these. Many of them you see me write something like this, one, two path. It's a ballpark. They're down to the inside, unless they are miles out there. You know, am I going to sit here and, and really, you know, worry about is it the one and a half path versus the two path? Or, no. The idea is saving ground down on the inside. This horse looked like he was in deep water. And then instead, he turns the tables and kicks away late, galloped out big. He's very grindy. Uh, I guess the 102 in the Oakland handicap is good enough to be competitive in here. I, I Part of me wants him to prove it again. And, and another thing, I've said it before, I'm going to withhold making a selection in here because another piece of handicapping uh, equipment, a tool that I use, um, doesn't get released until Friday at uh, you know noon or 1 o'clock. So... Uh, I'm going to want to consult that before an official pick. But Last Samurai, I mean, I, I suppose he's interesting if he's a big, big price just simply because he's run fast. But he's beating good horses. Let's keep that in mind. You know, Fearless, good horse. You know, Lone Rock, pretty good horse going longer. Plainsman, we see his name pop up here a couple times. I mean, it's not like he's running against complete slouches. I just, I, this is a, a far cry, I think, from that kind of group to the kind of group he's going to run against on Saturday, or it sounds like he's going to. Cottle River is a, a total wild card to me because I, I thought he was fantastic in the most recent run. I thought he was really good at Oakland two back. Uh, I mean, based on his margins of victory, he's been sensational really since March on. Uh, I still, for whatever reason, I'm not totally convinced he's a mile and an eighth horse. Um, but, you know, if you can open up and win the way that he did at Oakland going eight and a half why can't you do it at nine he's going to be forwardly placed I, i'll be very curious to see how fast they want to go early Cotto river you assume he goes olympiad's going to be right there with him and then there'll be a few others that i'll mention here that they like to be close i mean i don't think they're going to be challenging for the lead early but you never know stranger things have happened Cotto river the, the question for me is do you believe that he really wants this distance because if he ends up wanting, meaning coming up wanting, and he can't see it out, then it's, it's kind of a moot point. All he would do is affect the way the race is run. If you do think he can get the mile on an eighth, then you as the handicapper need to go ahead and decide, do you think he is really of this caliber? Is he potentially a Breeders' Cup classic runner? Because I think that's what you're looking at, or you're hoping for, with any of the horses in this race. If you're involved with any of the horses in this race... Not just because it's a win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup Classic, but you want to know, do we truly have an older horse who could be a classic contender and or horse of the year kind of type? That's what this race is supposed to be. It's what it's historically been. And I think this is, it's a litmus test. It's one we're going to find out on Saturday. How good are these older horses? Or is it Flightline and everyone else? And we'll find out about the three-year-olds in time. If Cottle River can get the distance, visually he's been spectacular. I didn't love him as a three-year-old, but boy, he's been very, very good lately. A horse that I do love, and I'm 
I'm optimistic about American Revolution. Um, I, I think he's really, really good. The blame, I mentioned it on this show a few weeks ago, that I thought it could be, you know, an important race going forward for this division. And I picked this horse, and I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we found out that, you know what, he ran decent enough, but he wasn't totally ready to go. Needed the race, he'll take a step forward in a second start off the bench. Keeping in mind that the plan was to run him in a New York bred stakes race going, I believe, a one-turn mile at Belmont Park. The race didn't fill, they call an audible, they go to Churchill Downs. I looked at that in a way as a positive in that this must have been the plan all along for this horse to run here in the Foster, so let's get him down there, get him used to the track. Uh, He breaks, flows aboard that day, he's about four or five paths wide going into the first turn wide again he's a little bit keen early flow got him to relax a bit down the backside but he wanted to go he goes up looms on the far turn pokes ahead in front and he just flattened out down the lane now the blame itself was a race that i thought favored horses coming from the back thought the pace kind of fell apart a little bit and to me american revolution ran like a short horse he ran like a horse that hadn't started in six months and or seven months whatever it was I think he's going to move forward I think if he gets back to one of these races here kind of stating the obvious if I can get my pencil to work maybe you can't do it in this form I have no idea now it's working oh see now we're getting really weird it's all in the touch point being if he can get back to one of his best races, the Cigar, clearly, but the Empire Classic, or even the Pennsylvania Derby, all things considered, thought that was a good effort. If he can run one of those, I think he is arguably the horse to beat. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that I like what I see with some of the other numbers that come in. And from a gambling standpoint, I think Olympiad's going to take a ton of money. And there's another horse we'll talk about in a minute that I think is going to take a ton of money. So maybe American Revolution is, is the third choice in here. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, you would just ballpark spitballing. Maybe he's 9-2, to 5-1. to one. I think that would be fair. But we got to wait and see what some of these other numbers look like. I think he's a good horse. I think he'll move forward, second start off the bench with a little bit of seasoning underneath him. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Proxy is a horse that I was optimistic about last year, and he's lost me now, which means he'll probably end up winning on Saturday. Uh, uh, and again, I'm curious to see what that other program would suggest, but he's a good horse. I just don't know that he's ever going to put it all together mentally. And that's the concern for me is it it has very little to do with his, his talent. I think his talent is, is very real. I just don't know at this point what what you could do to change things up. You'll note that I came over here and I circled the blinkers on experiment. They only ran them with them twice last year. And keep in mind that was early as a three-year-old. Then he was laid up until the beginning of this year and he hasn't run a bad race yet. He just hasn't run a great race. If he's to win Saturday, he will need to run the race of his life and have some of his competitors throw in a clunker because purely on numbers, He's not good enough right now. I don't know that I'm 100% ready to say he'll never get there, but I just, I, I think he runs in spots still, and I thought he would have outgrown that by now. 
I, I would love to see the blinkers again, but Mike Stidham knows a hell of a lot more than I do. And if he doesn't think the blinkers were working for this horse, then clearly throw him out, you know? But I, I just, it's hard for me to really love a horse like this, just on paper anyway, because I, I don't have any idea if we're ever going to get a completed effort from him. And that's no knock against anyone. It's just, he seems like a bit of a goofball. He seems like a tappet, period. The other headliner in here, the other big name is Mandaloon. And, uh, you know, I was over there in Saudi Arabia, draw a line through the race for whatever reason he didn't run. Um, was it, you know, the ship that did it in for him? Was it the one turn mile and an eighth? I think it may have had more to do with the racetrack. Very odd track there where it you the horses run by on the dirt and you can't hear them. It it's like it's like they're running on pillows. You can't hear anything. There's no there's no you know pounding of hooves. So maybe you just hated it. Uh he has good races, but I still kind of as much as I love him, had him in the Kentucky Derby last year, broke my heart that he couldn't get by. He he still has a little mental thing going on, at least to this point. I mean, he he ran really well when he beat Midnight Bourbon, but the two of them had the run of the race, and for horses of that talent level, that pace scenario was always going to yield a fast time, so good for them. But I, I, I just don't totally trust him yet, and my concern would be at a short number, does he do something silly again? And until he proves otherwise, that's always going to be in the back of my mind. Doesn't mean he can't run. I think, again, I, I've spoken about it a million times. I love the horse. But you also have to be objective about these things and go, I, I can't promise you that he's not going to all of a sudden loom up, look like he's going to win by three, and then hang like a chandelier. He just, he's got his quirks. Maybe he's put him behind him you know, with some time off between the race in Saudi and coming back in this spot. But uh, I would just, I would be worried about that at too short a price for Saturday's race. And the last one we'll briefly touch on is Title Ready. Title Ready is a, a cool older horse, seven years old, you know, keeps showing up and running quality races. But if we're, if we're being honest, he would be a bit of a stunner in here. And if he were to win with what he has done recently with a best buyer of 96 in his most recent start, and that was four lengths behind Olympiad, if he's going to win with the form that he's been in, I think you, unless something weird happens with a trip or a horse has an issue or whatever, I mean, you'd have to throw the race out as far as Breeders' Cup is concerned. I mean, it seems incredibly unlikely that a, a mid-90 is going to win this race from a buyer's standpoint, and even less likely that a mid-90 is going to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. So I'm thinking of it not just Saturday, but down the road. If Title Ready wins, and it's an, it, to me it's an indictment on all these, it would be a fantastic story, make for great TV, be good for Dallas Stewart, good on him, Chuck Fipke, everybody involved. But again, just objectively, if he wins... I can't help but look at this field and go, all right, well, none of them must be any good then. The three-year-olds are going to eat them for lunch. So it's going to be a really interesting race if these are the seven that go. If there's anyone else that's thrown into the mix, great. But I think this is a really compelling race with these seven that plan on going at this point. And I'll be very curious to see how the race unfolds from a pace dynamic, who's going to be riding who, 
there, there are many things to come in the, the next few days before we get to uh, Saturday and race day. Let me know what your thoughts are about any of these horses, these seven anyway, that I've discussed for Saturday's Stephen Foster. Maybe they all go. Maybe one or two defect. Maybe a few others show up. Who knows? Uh, let me know beneath the video player on YouTube. What do you think of these seven horses? And if you have any questions about these horses or anything else relating to the classic division, beneath the video player on YouTube. So there you have it. Just some thoughts. Again, 30,000-foot view of things, knowing that the past performances will come out later on this week. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit on happy hour, uh, and you'll get an official pick from me on Saturday uh, on race day. Again, 4 o'clock Eastern, NBC. Looking forward to it. It's really, a, I mean, at this point in the season, for, I mean, you're not missing many of the big names as far as the older horses are concerned. Not at this point, anyway. We'll see how things progress. And once we get to Saratoga, that's when, you know, I think this division truly will take form. And Flightline, you know, sounds like he's going to go to the Pacific Classic. Uh, but I, I just think it's a, a good good race for late June. Uh, good quality older horses, some with things to prove. Some need, you know, trying to show that they actually belong. Uh, I just think it's going to be a good race. So really looking forward to it. Knock wood, the weather holds off and cooperates with us, but should be a good day of racing down there in Louisville, Kentucky. Questions, comments, concerns beneath the video player on YouTube. Uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt, however you listen, thank you. You've got Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and themoneypodcast.com. You've also got YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernier Show. You'll get this episode along with the 119 prior. Uh, I will be back on Monday to recap all the action and any other questions that people may leave beneath the video player on YouTube or, or discuss some comments and things like that and some thoughts. But uh, until then, best of luck. And uh, you know what? I won't be back on Monday. I lied. I'll be back on Tuesday because my wife's birthday. No, it is Tuesday. Sugar. All right, so this is going to be tough. The, I'll be back sometime next week because Monday is the holiday. Tuesday is my wife's birthday. And then we're midweek at that point. We'll figure it out. I'll be back next week, I promise, with episode 121. Until then, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 120 of the Matt Bernier Show. <laughs>